G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. This week we're dealing with the sensitive issue of sexual abuse. If there are young children listening, now might be a good time to consider whether this content will be appropriate. Clearly, the traumatic effects of child sexual abuse are horrendous. Since the formative years of a person's life are the most crucial years, one single incident of child abuse without God's intervention can destroy a person's life. Of course, the good news of the gospel is that where sin abounds, His grace abounds much more. And if you've suffered in this area, there is hope in God for you to be set free from the trauma and the pain of the past. Often, whenever we pass through a particular trial, God brings across our pathway someone who has had identical experiences. They've found the grace of God and they're able to share with us how they've found the grace of God and that's a help and a blessing to us. Many have passed through the valley of being sexually abused and have found the light at the end of the tunnel. They bear witness to the fact that there is help and there is hope for all. It reminds me of the words of Mark Rutherford who said, Blessed are those who heal us of our self-despisings. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free. Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And we're looking this week at quite a delicate subject, that of recovery from sexual abuse. Although in many respects, we're talking about dealing with our past, whatever it is that we may have suffered. And welcome, Ken. You've been sharing with us uh, how some of the enemy sometimes wants to confine victims of sexual abuse as hostages of the past. But God's program of recovery involves deliverance from the past which is quite different, into the fullness of the present because it's in the present that we actually do find the grace of God. Yeah. And, Phil, those who have been sexually abused feel a sense of shame. Okay, that shame relates to what has happened to that person in the past, not what is true of them in the present. That word shame is a very interesting word in the Hebrew. In fact, you can translate it as sometimes meaning nakedness, interestingly, or another means blushing, another contempt or Detestation, you know, when you detest something. Mm. So shame is the feeling of being uncovered. And that's how often the word is actually used in the Bible. It means to uncover. Shame occurs when those who should have covered us have actually exposed us. Shame attacks our identity, causing us to hate ourselves and make us believe that we are worthless. Now, the first mention of shame, interestingly, in the Bible is when Adam and Eve had just sinned and we read that they were ashamed because mm. they knew they were naked. Now, their response was to try to cover their nakedness. And that's what people do when they feel shame. They attempt to cover themselves by denial, drawing back, hiding their mistakes, not risking new things uh, because of fear, of fear of failure and so on and so forth. They, they try to cover up. I think there's two different types of shame too, where it's shame over things that I have done, mistakes that I've made, I stuffed it up or whatever it is. But yeah. we can also take on this feeling of shame when we have been a victim of somebody else and we don't know how to deal with it or we don't want to deal with it in, in some way and we feel shameful that we were involved in that even though we shouldn't really feel shame. 
Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Phil. And, and uh, you know, getting back to Adam and Eve and the shame that they felt, remember, they were naked before they sinned. Uh, yet they didn't feel shame mm. before they sinned. That's interesting. And that's because they had a covering at that time, which they had even though they weren't wearing clothes. That made them feel covered. You know, the Bible says that they were covered with the glory of God. He crowned them with glory and honor. He made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Now, the honor that uh, he covered them with, of course, was the fact that he gave them the highest position in all his creation mm. and they had dominion over this earth. That's, that's an honor. But what was the glory that he covered them with or that he crowned them with? Well, that was the moral image of God himself. It was God's own likeness. You know, it was through mankind that God was going to reflect his own glory and the glory of God would shine out morally through man. So that word glory, when you look at that, which is, of course, the opposite to shame, is a translation of a Greek word doxa, which can mean, amongst other things, a view or an opinion of reality. So glory is the sense of dignity that we feel resulting from an opinion that is consistent with reality, with what's true about us, you know. Now, Adam and Eve were created in God's image, and so they were esteemed glorious by him. (laughs) And when God tells us that we have glory, we don't need a second opinion. Neither do we need to dress up or cover up in order to feel good. Adam and Eve were given this incredible glory at creation. Their sense of dignity came from the value that God bestowed upon them. Now, if I could jump jump in there, I think it's really interesting what you're saying there, that the glory comes from basically knowing who we are in Christ. We We are made in his image. We're certainly a new new creation through Christ, yeah. and out of that comes the dignity. In shame, it's the opposite of that, really, is what, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, that it's it's when we take our identity from the things that we have suffered in our past, yeah. the things that we deal with from sin, effectively. Yeah, instead of taking what God has done for us. Yeah. Well, let's look at that definition. It's a good definition. The glory comes from what God has done for us and what he's given to us. So so therefore shame comes when those things are taken from us. And that's what happened at the fall. You know, when, when man sinned, they lost that glory. They felt the shame and the nakedness that they had, but they didn't feel before, you know. Mm. So being uncovered doesn't really cause shame. It just exposes shame. Yep. Yep. And, and that's the consequences of sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, our response to shame, as I say, is to try to cover up and to hide and we do that in different ways, you know, trying to achieve more to feel good about ourselves, acts of self-righteousness, improving our outward appearance, uh, getting the approval and the affirmation of other people, competing with others. And we're just trying to cover up and cover mm. up what we feel is not right about us, you know. But God's answer to the problem of shame is not to cover it, but to restore his glory to our lives. And that's what happened at the cross, Phil. That's, this is where the gospel comes in, is that Jesus took not only the sin but the shame of our lives. In fact, you know, the New Testament says that when he hung there, he was stripped of his garments, garments in plural, not just his outer garments, but his undergarments. Mm. He was actually stripped naked and hung on a cross for all to see. That's why we read that out of decency, some of the women stood afar off, quote, unquote, you know, out of decency and respect um, because Jesus just hung there naked. He became a curse on the cross. He took our sin, yes, but he took our shame and was exposed before the world. You know, the Bible says that he, he despised the shame, but for the joy that was set before us, that was us, he endured that shame upon the cross. Mm, it's, it's such a powerful picture when you see him taking on that shame that is, I guess, rightfully ours, but he's, yeah. he's taken it. And we have to give that to him. We have to accept what he's done for us. 
Um, I, I struggle to get my head around the concept, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's the glory of the cross, though, Phil, isn't it? Is that um, he took the shame, but he gave us back the glory, the glory that he gave us in creation. And uh, we are now righteous. Yeah. You know, and, and as you say, it does take a, a while to get your head around that, to really believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's not just, uh, you know, a made-up story. That's the truth about us. We are righteous and uh, this thing works in the real life. Now, now maybe, you know, you can say it's all right in these Bible days when uh, uh, all these theological statements were written down and these doctrines were formulated and spoken out and so on, but we're living in a different age now. Now, I would say just hang on there a minute. Um, you think of the church at Corinth. You know, Paul says to those people, some of you were fornicators, you were adulterers, you were homosexual. Uh, sodomites, even catamites, you know, catamites are the, the passive partner in that homosexual relationship. All these things you did and were done to you and the degrading things and the shameful things. This is who you are. But then he says this, that now you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and by the Spirit of God. And so even though they had a decadent past, as it were, they're washed from all that by the precious blood of Jesus and they've been clothed with the glory of God. I mean, every Christian, doesn't matter what abuse they've suffered in the past, they're actually walking around as, uh, um, what's the word, a receptacle, if you like, mm. of the glory of God. And, and there are times you know and I know when you see flashes of that glory come out of people's life. You see God oozing forth out of our lives. And, and that's what God has done to deal with the problem of shame. He's replaced it with His glory. An important study this week, the people recovering from sexual abuse. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. And until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.